Look, the fire's coming. Are you ready for the fire? The, we're firemen. Okay. We are firemen! You got it, coach. The heat doesn't bother us. We live in the heat. We train in the heat. Yeah, let's go. It tells us that we're ready. We're at home. We're where we're supposed to be. Yeah, first off, when I say thanks, coach. thanks coach, working hard doesn't mean bankroll, but aim for the box for the bank, though. Uh. Pad to pen, yeah, take note. Got at the helm, we in the same boat. The game requires other pain, though. No slack, practice never cancel. Yeah. Learn how to ball, yeah. coach when I fall. Uh. Lesson is learned. You're listening to Thanks Coach with your host, Darnell Samuels. The one thing that sticks out about Manny is that he always dribbled with his head up looking for his teammates. He was unusually unselfish for a kid his age. He's not the most talented player I've ever coached, but he went pretty far considering his lack of hype. I haven't seen Manny in 16 years. Since he was a little boy, now he's a grown man making moves. And if I could do it all over again, looking at the trajectory of his career, I would want to be doing what he's doing. I have no doubt that one day he's going to be a head coach at some big-time program in the U.S. Easy. He's not just studying the X's and O's and the things that happen on the court, but he's really cultivating and specializing in his skill sets off the court and making relationships count. I learned a whole lot from where Amateur Canadian Hoops is going from my sit-down with Manny, and I hope you do too. All right, welcome, Manny. Appreciate you, man. Good, good. I'm glad you're here, man. This is going to be good. Manny, it's been a while, 16 years since we last talked, and I, I I lost track of you after I finished coaching you when you were eight. And so, you know, God's providence, I ended up finding you on YouTube. So there's a, there. I watched, I was, so I was watching a YouTube channel. What's that channel you guys are part of? White Bird Wednesday. Whiteboard Wednesday uh, for uh, Tony, the Tony Mack Show. Tony Mack Show, yeah. So, yeah, if you don't know, now you know. Make sure you subscribe and check out the Tony Mack Show. And so, you know, I, I always watch, I love watching Whiteboard Wednesdays only because of Tony. So I, I don't know any, I don't know the other three guys. <laughs> and so I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, so there's this brown guy named Manny on the show. He's got a goatee. And I was like, oh, well, interesting. I'm like, okay. You know, and at the back of my mind, I'm like, I know a Manny. I remember that kid Manny who used to play for me, man. I don't know what he's doing. Anyways, right. I've been, been watching like a ton of episodes. Right, right, right. And you know, and you, you know, and when it's your time to talk, you're talking, and I'm like, well, of course, you know, you don't sound like an eight year old, but you still have that same teamwork ethic <laughs> that you had as a kid. And I was like, I wonder if this is Manny. And then you're like, oh yeah, you know, you know, you know, I grew up in Brampton. I'm like, oh, he grew up in Brampton. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, okay, let me start looking him up. And then I started doing, you know, my research. I'm like, yo, who's this Manny guy? And then, you know, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm like, wait, he did? And then so I messaged you on Twitter. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I messaged you on Twitter and I was just like, oh, wow. Like, oh, wait, this is Manny. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, I'm watching this kid. I'm like, oh, this guy looks familiar. But, yeah, Whiteboard Wednesday is really dope. Um, And that's basically where you, Tony, and who are the two other guys? Uh, Jeremy Pope. Brandon Ennis and Patrick Falduti. So it's basically yeah. our staff at at the Institute. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. And so um Brandon yep. is um Tony's son and he train he's a tra- personal trainer as well. Yep. And then um the other guy from LA, what's his name again? Yeah, Jeremy Pope. 
Okay, talk about him real quick. Yeah, he's, he, he's a pretty interesting character. Yeah, he is absolutely. Yeah. Um, so he's um, he's he's from the West Coast, from Compton, California. Mm-hmm. He used to be a GA at University of Washington mm-hmm. under Coach Mike Hopkins, and um, uh, of course uh, Tony McIntyre and Mike Hopkins have a relationship that goes back to Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And so through that, you know, um, when Tony had a opening on staff, um, we brought over Jeremy from the U.S. as the head coach of one of the regional teams. Yeah, no, and uh, yeah, Jeremy's dope. Uh, you know, I was pretty, imp- I was impressed with with him and his knowledge, and how he saw things, um, and that and that he came this far, that he came from Compton, California, to come to Orangeville. Usually, people are trying to leave Orangeville to go to Compton. Right, 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 <laughs> right. Know? So Absolutely. that was, I was like, oh, this guy's here for basketball, um, and his perspective. He talks very highly of our Hoopers in the area, and we know, you know, L.A breeds hoopers right. i think i think the nba has the i think like out of all the players most of the players come from la so when he when he was kind of giving us you know the nod like yo you you know you guys you guys are legit i i i, I was sitting there and i was just watching i was like oh wait wow like because you know we we're from here right. you know so you're like oh please what is darnell what is manny what does tony know <laughs> like you know we're just patting ourselves on our own back, but it was pretty dope to see someone that comes from another area and be like, "Nah, I'm from LA and I'm coming here and I'm seeing, yo, it's just as competitive here." Right. So that was that was really cool. And then the other guy, Patrick. Yeah, Patrick. Uh, so Patrick has been around um, the hoop scene for many years. He coaches a, a, with the Atobico Thunder program. Uh, he played at Humber Whoa, College. The, I didn't know Atobico Thunder still had a team. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. Like, that's old uh, because yeah, they were there when I was playing. Yeah, yeah. So he's a he's a young uh, upcoming coach as well. Very energetic. You know, loves again basketball. You mm-hmm. know, has a great heart. Um, and so you know, he's 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 doing a great job athletes too with the other regional team as a head coach as well. Okay, so then it's the four of you guys, and. Basically, what do you guys do on Whiteboard Wednesday, just for those who don't know? Yeah, so on Whiteboard Wednesdays, we cover various topics about basketball, you know, whether it's recruiting or, you know, the NBA, whatever's kind of going on. Um, each Wednesday, we'll try to come up with something new to talk about and just kind of have like a, just a, you know, a kind of a free-flowing conversation um, just about, you know, the hoop scene and things that are kind of going on um, just so we could stay on top of everything and, you know, just kind of, you know, add a, add, a, add a little twist to our job. You know, and it, it really it's exciting. You know, we look forward to it every week and, you know, we always receive a positive feedback from the people in the community as well. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I've I've always enjoyed it because, you know, as a coach, I always enjoyed the conversations. But it's interesting. So since we've since I found you on that um, on, on the Tony Mac show on Whiteboard Wednesday. Um, so I so I met up with you and we got caught up and reunited. And 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 technically that meeting with you, and then the next day I met with my high school coach, um, who I haven't talked to in twenty years, and that's what sparked this this podcast, right? It's because you know, my wife was like, "Oh, like wow, wait, you met with one of your old guys who used to coach, who's coaching now, and then the next day I met with my with um, my high school coach who I haven't met in a while, right. and so." I was, you know, she was like, "Oh, how those conversations go?" And you know, I'm trying to explain it. And I'm not doing a good job <laughs> of explaining it. So yeah, so I was just like, you know what, man? Let me just start this podcast. Let me just start a podcast where um, I, you know, reunite with uh, kids who I coached who are now coaching or are now grown men, guys who I played with who are coaching, and um, coaches who coached me. Right. And you know, all of these conversations are done in retrospect as grown men like years later 
um, you know, the way how we saw things as kids and now we see things as grown men and the impact. So I'm seeing my impact on you and I'm hearing it now 15 years later where, you know, there was just certain, you know, again, it's all a blur. You know, life goes by so fast and now you turn around you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, actually, right. I don't remember yeah, certain yeah, things. Yeah. Certain things you're telling me, I didn't, I didn't remember. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, jog my memory again. You know, because as a kid, yeah. your 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 memory's vivid. Yep. <laughs> your memory's vivid. <laughs> Mine is all a blur. All I remember was yelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel you, and I think that's why, like, you know, um, social media is great for things like that. You know, um, just being able to reconnect with, you know, people that have an impact on you, and you know, have once crossed paths in your life. So, you know, I still remember receiving that message. And I was like, oh man, that's Coach Darnell. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And so, you know, God loves social media for things like that. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 totally. Okay, what do you remember about the year you played for me? Uh, well, Coach Darnell, I should say, you know, first I just want to take a moment to let you know how much I appreciate, you know, reconnecting with you. You know, you've had an impact on my life, and I'm, I'm glad we're here. Uh, so I just want to kind of throw it out there first. Um, but my first year ever playing basketball was with you. Um, I remember – um, we lost to a team called the Lakers back in the house league days, but you know, you were young, energetic. And the thing about you is you really cared. And, um, you taught us how to, you taught winning traits at a young age. And what I mean by that is, you know, stats for you was you used to track deflections, steals, assist, you know, a set of points, you know, which really taught us that, you know, you know, there's more to winning a game than just points, you know? And so that's what I really remember. And it's something I try to carry on for the rest of my career. It's been a blur, my coaching career. I just coached so many teams. So, like, I didn't – I only remember little bits about that season. So part of it was, you know, usually I, I was coaching Kadar, uh, my little cousin. But yeah, I, yeah. I registered him, and he wasn't able to play. So I ended up coaching because a parent asked me to. And so – well, yeah, but I do remember you. I do remember uh, you. You followed orders, and you did what you were told. You had a steady handle. And you're always a willing passer. So, like, like while you were drafted, while I was drafting players, like you definitely stood out. Um, you weren't physically the best, you know, physically right, right, there, right, but yeah. you clearly knew what you were doing. And I, I always remember that I never had to yell at you, <laughs> which is, which is good, yeah, which is odd because I'm always yelling at people. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm always yelling at them. But and when I mean yelling at them, I mean whether it's correcting them right, or encouraging yeah. them. Mm-hmm. So I never had to yell at you to encourage you because you were always you were always ready, hyped, ready to go. Um, I appreciate that. To do that, do you remember um, the offense we were running? Uh, I believe we used to run a, a four high. You know, we used to run a four high with the point guard coming off coming off of a, a screen, and the weak side would dive. You know, um, I remember I, I forgot what we used to call it, but I do remember a four high setup, and you know, we kind of dive into dive into uh, motion out of that. Yeah, and, you know what's funny? The reason why we ran that was because when you're, um, I think yeah, you're you were like eight years old. So when you're coaching kids at that age, the nov, I think it was novice, I think, mm-hmm. um, it's man to man, so no zone. Yeah. So yeah. you know, as a coach, I'm like, okay, well, first of all, you know, if their kids are playing man to man, I'm saying, okay, well, then we'll just run a run four high, space out the floor, mm-hmm. and just run stuff back door, <laughs> right? So right. unless the other coaches know what's going on, you know what I mean? So so the offense was pretty uh, free flowing. Do you remember the defense? Yeah, we used to press. You know, we were the we were the very few teams that would put in the press. You yeah, know, and yeah, I, I yeah. think I think you probably thought, man, 
eight eight years old, eight year old, I gotta throw the ball over and you know make a mistake. And so, but we weren't necessarily trapping though. That's the thing. Yeah, we were just kind of forcing their team to make a mistake. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, no, totally. And so part of it was what I was thinking was, um, you know, one thing because the year before I coached um, kids, uh, seven year olds, and one thing I learned about coaching kids is that they listen. Right. Bruh. Like that's deep because, you know, when you're not, when I was coaching teens, they don't listen. <laughs> right. So you could take advantage of like, I'm, not, if, I'm sure the coaches who are listening, they kind of understand that concept. Yeah. Like imagine you have people that listen, like right. they follow everything to a T right. and they believe in you. So for you guys, you guys, you know, trusted me, you guys believed in me. So I was like, okay, fine. Let's 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 uh let's put in a a, a D one offense. Let's put in a D one <laughs> <laughs> defense, right? So, and I'm teaching like these these uh these uh, D one principles to children because you guys listen and you guys believed in what I was saying. So we would run um, a diamond press, um, and then I would teach you you know half court traps and how to hide the traps so the refs wouldn't pick it up and how right. how you know and how to speed up the game. So that that was a, it was a lot of fun. I remember having a lot of fun that year and I also remember us practicing outside right. a lot. Yeah, we used to practice absolutely. One of the very few teams that would meet up on an outdoor court and you know practice. So. Yeah, cuz I, I found <laughs> what was that court? What was the court called again? I want to uh, say Royal Orchard. Royal Orchard, yeah, for Royal Orchard. Yeah. So, um they had two full courts in the back of the school. And I yeah. found them. I'm like, "Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was like, "Okay, cool." So, you know, call the kids out. The parents are always happy to bring the kids out. No doubt. And um Get, getting extra time so you know the parents felt like they were getting their money's worth yeah um you know playing for house league and do it running you know d1 offenses and stuff so that was oh, really cool sure yeah so um after you played for me how far did you go in your basketball career uh by the grace of god you know i was able to play in college you know i got a scholarship to go play at delta college which is in the state of michigan and from there i moved on to oral roberts university which is in oklahoma um, you know, so being a part of a D1 program was always kind of a childhood dream of mine. And just through faith and hard work, you know, I was able to have that experience for a year. Okay. And what what high school did you go to? I went to Sandwood Heights in Brampton, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, played there for all four years. And then in my fifth year, I went down to a prep school in Florida called Southwest Academy. Oh, I, uh, okay. Talk about that transition. Um, it it was more so a transition for me to just kind of uh, grow and prepare myself for the college level. Um, the coach at the time was Coach Don Petty's. Um, he had produced many um, college guys and professionals, and so um, you know they had seen my film, they had seen me at a showcase, and um, the opportunity was just right at the time to make that move. Was it hard? It wasn't. It wasn't difficult. You know, something that I wanted. You know, something that I wanted to pursue i wanted to play in college so i knew that this would be a, a really beneficial step for me to you know play a play at a prep school in my final year okay and how old were you when you went uh right after grade 12 so you're looking at about 17 17 18 okay and then after that you went juco uh so after that i actually took i took a year off of school Mm-hmm. Um, I helped my parents with a family business that we started. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I moved on um, to the junior college level in Michigan. And then from there, you went D1 for how long? Were you there? I was there for a year. You okay. know, I was there for a year. And so, um, you know, uh, I started off as a practice player there, um, ended up having a minor injury, which led to a surgery, mm-hmm. you know. And um, 
but I, you know, I was totally okay with it because, you know, sometimes, you know, God uses difficult times to, you know, teach you a lesson. And that's when I kind of knew that, you know, it was my time, it was my time to hang it up and really, you know, dive into my purpose. Wow. Cause that's, that, that's crazy because you've played at like every major level, um, that you can play at high school. Of course, I'm sure you played middle school, um, high school, um, prep school which we'll talk a lot more later on and juco um so for those people who don't know what juco is can you explain that real quick yeah so junior college is um it's pretty much you know for for players that you know haven't had um enough exposure or guys that are not academically eligible so you know you go to junior college for two years before moving on to a four-year school and so it allows you to grow, you know, allows you to get better. You know, it's it's uh, it's kind of a doggy dog world in the junior, junior college ranks. So it teaches you to be tough. Um, and so it's pretty much almost like a second chance avenue for for many guys. And, you know, it leads to, you know, it leads to bigger opportunities if you take care of your business at that level. And it's just a great platform, you know, that many people have benefited from over the many, many years. Yeah, because there's a lot of there's a lot of guys even in the NBA who had to take advantage of it. Yep, for sure. So yeah, yeah, man, you you were yeah you were blessed to be able to play at all those levels. I didn't get to yeah I didn't even play college, but you know, no. so yeah, yeah, so it goes. <laughs> you know, by the grace of God. Man. Yeah, yeah, you know, Whatever you know, God, yeah, we're supposed to be where you're supposed to be. Absolutely. You know, so okay, so as a coach, you've been um, on the AAU circuit. Um, the Amateur Athletic Union. Uh, basically, for those who don't know, it's uh, during the summer time is when um, amateur teams um, go to a whole bunch of tournaments and, with the hopes of getting recruited. Uh, so the team that you're affiliated with, which is the what's the name? Yeah, so I'm with, I coach with CIA Bounce, uh, which is the, which is now called Nike Bounce. Um, so I, I'm on the 17 staff. Uh, with Terrell Vernon, uh, myself, Tony McIntyre, Jeremy Pope is that staff. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that's who I'm affiliated with now. Okay. And how did you guys do this year on the AAU circuit? Because you guys were part of the Nike EYBL uh, summer circuit, which is the elite circuit for amateur rep teams uh, in the country. So it's a pretty tough schedule. And I heard you guys did pretty well. Um, so our 16s won the PIT, you know, they were on the EYBL circuit and, you know, they didn't qualify for the Peace Champ, but they did go on and win the PIT, which is, um, the, their second tier tournament for the teams that don't qualify for Peace Champ. Um, so we were really happy that, happy for that. And then our 17s, um, we only lost one game this year and we won all three independent tournaments that we were a part of. Um, so we had a tournament in Atlanta in the live period, Indianapolis and Augusta, Georgia, where, you know, we were able to win all three that we competed in. Wow. Well, of course, you know, um, Bounce has definitely made its name as one of the most prestigious programs, um, AAU and prep school programs uh, in in the country. Uh, so that's pretty, that's amazing that you're a part of it. Uh, and it's interesting because, like, you know, there's a lot of parents, it's created a lot of hype and a lot of parents are, and teams want to get on, get on um, the AAU circuit. So what tips would you give to parents um, who wanted who, who want to get their kids involved in it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the biggest thing with you know whether it's AU high school or the prep level, you know, their son or daughter needs to go to play for a team where they're actually gonna play. You know, nothing can replace game experience. Um, a child is better off playing for a team where he's actually getting minutes and getting game film 
rather than, you know, joining a shoe circuit team and sitting on the bench, you know, because, you know, sitting on the bench and not being seen by college coaches, you know, doesn't really help you. Um, but a good film can, you know. And so the biggest thing I would advise is that, you know, if you're not able to, you know, have an impact on a shoe circuit team, you know, you definitely want to find a place where, you know, you're actually going to get playing time and you're a piece of what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because that's, um, that's always a tough decision and an expensive decision for, for parents to make. But, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. So then sure. how did you how did you get on the coaching staff? Wait, so right now you're with you're at Orangeville Prep. Yep, I'm an assistant coach at Orangeville. Okay, and how did you get on um, is it on staff? Oh, man, uh, it was definitely a God thing, you know, in terms of the timing, uh, the opportunity, the relationship. Um, you know, Tony McIntyre is, is a huge, huge reason why. Um, you know, when I decided I wanted to, you know, begin to coaching, he's been my mentor ever since. And, you know, I, I owe him a lot. You know, I owe him a lot moving forward from now for giving me the opportunity. Um, and so when I had uh, come home for the summer, um, a spot had opened up at Orangeville Prep. And, um, you know, so I met with Coach Tony, and he offered me that position and thought I would be a good fit. And um, and that's how it worked out, man. And so, like I said, it's total total God thing. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate to have a mentor like Coach Tony McIntyre, you know, who believed in me. And uh, I'm fortunate to be there and try to be my best every day. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, Tony. Oh man, <laughs> Tony's. Yeah, man. Tony's definitely a legend around these parts uh, and what he's done for the basketball community. I'm like uh, I, I coached alongside Tony in the um, Brampton Blaze program. Right. So uh, what happened was, uh, so Blue Devil had a team. And uh, my coach at the time, Josh, uh, basically separated from the Blue Devil program. Oh, oh gosh, man. I got to put this thing in context. So for those who don't know, the Blue Devil, when I say Blue Devil, it's the Warriors now. Yep. So it's the Brampton Warriors now, but back in the day, it was the Blue Devils. So um, I was playing for the Blue Devils, and Josh separated. Um, my coach, Josh, separated from the Blue Devil to start the Brampton Blaze for the same reason of AAU. So Blue Devils weren't too, you know, um, happy with us going over the border. And so Josh separated, started the Brampton Blaze. And so him, Tony, um, and um, Clyde, and uh, their dad, uh, Nate, separated, did the Brampton Blaze. Um, so... I had the older team, the middle team, and Tony had the younger team with um, Tyler and um, Tyler and uh, Dylan. So they were there, and then um, Tony separated from there and went into bounce. And then the rest is history, you know. Right. So yeah, no nah, man, Tony's Tony, Tony's a solid dude. He's always every interaction I've had with him and and seeing how he's handled his business right. has always been um, solid. And something that um, everybody can learn from. So yeah, man, Tony's no yeah, doubt. You know, shout out to Tony; he's awesome, man. So now, Orangeville Prep, and just just to clarify, so what's the difference between Orangeville Prep and the Athlete Institute? So Orangeville Prep is our national team. Um, they play a national schedule. Uh, it's composed of some of the top players in all of Canada, and also some of the best in the United States. Um, and then our Athlete Institute are our two development teams that we have that are composed mainly of freshmen, sophomores, and juniors. 
um, and a few seniors as well looking to one day, you know, play for Orangeville and then put themselves in a position to get a scholarship. And so, you know, one is to, for, to allow, you know, younger guys and um, less experienced guys an opportunity to get a lot of playing time and develop them. And then our Orangeville prep team is our national team where we prepare guys, you know, to get ready for the college level. All right, that makes sense because, yeah, yeah, I was getting kind of confused there. And so you guys have your own facility, a beautiful facility. And so for parents who want to get their kids there, like how, how does how does that happen? Yeah, absolutely. So for many parents that, you know, want their kids to be a part of Athlete Institute, um, you know, we're, we're always open to, you know, bringing in guys for workouts, you know, watching film. You know, I take the time to watch every single film that I receive in my email. And I reach back out to everybody, you know, because I think that's a large, a large component of coaching is treating people the right way. And I really value that, you know, whether you're, you know, you have a future in basketball or not, you know, I want to take the time out to really, you know, sit down and respond to each, each and every individual. And so through game film, through workouts, you know, through recommendation, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're always open to hearing out any parents and, you know, student athletes that are interested in our program. Okay, that's good because, again, like, you know, you guys have a prestigious resume. You guys have guys in the NBA. You guys send tons of guys D1. So it can kind of be intimidating. You're like, oh, Athlete Institute. Isn't that where Thon Maker went to? Isn't that where um, so-and-so and um, um, Iggy went there as well, right? Yep, Iggy went there, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. Um, oh, yeah, Jamal Murray. Lou to name a few. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's intimidating. So, oh, wait a minute. Like, how do I get there? So that's, that's helpful. So um, for those people who don't know, because, you know, you're thinking about prep school and um, high school. So quickly, what's the difference between prep school and high school? So the main, the main difference is that at the prep school level in Canada, we compete in our own conference. Uh, currently, we have two leagues called the OSB and MPA, which is composed of other prep schools. And um, so they compete within themselves. The competition is a lot tougher because you now you have some all the top guys in Canada playing in the same league as you. Um, you travel to the U.S. for some exposure tournaments. And so just the combination of scheduling and exposure um, is the main difference between regular high school and the prep level scene. Okay, so what would be the benefit of someone attending Orangeville Prep specifically? What's the benefit? Well, first and foremost, I think it's our staff. You know, I really believe, you know, uh, Coach Tony McIntyre has done a great job assembling a staff that has experience at a Division One level, has experience, you know, with professional players, um, guys that have been there, you know, done what we um, aspire to have our guys do down the road. Um, Orange, like you said, has beautiful facilities that really prepare you. Um, the national schedule you're playing, you know, each year going against the top squads like Prolific, you know, Brewster, um, you know, Montverde, Finley, um, the training, the nutrition, and, you know, mm-hmm. the biggest thing is exposure. You know, um, Orangeville gives a platform from student athletes to, you know, be seen and play in the top tournaments that, you know, give, give media outlets a reason to talk about them and, most importantly, be seen by college coaches. Okay. So then how does a parent prepare their kid for prep school? Because it seems, you know, of course, it sounds like it's it's better than high school and it's like the next step to the Division One level and you guys do a really good job preparing guys. So, like, what tips can you give to a parent uh, to prepare their kid for D1? Yeah, absolutely. Or for the prep, prep school. Absolutely. Um, I don't, in my, in my most humble opinion, I don't know if you can really prepare a student athlete for the prep level. Um 
you know, because there's so much thrown at you. But what I what I do know is, you know, one thing that will make have your child do better at prep school is, you know, let them go through adversity. You know, and I feel like we live in a generation where, you know, a lot of parents and a lot of student athletes, you know, want this uh, clear cut straight path to Division One or the professional level. And the truth is, you know, that's just not reality. You know, and I think parents got to let their child make mistakes. Um, they got to let their child um, become uncomfortable. They got to let them go through a little bit of adversity because um, when you're living in the dorms for 10 months, traveling, you know, going through rigid training, you know, you're going to come across adversity. And, you know, you want to make sure your child is going to be prepared to face some tough battles as they come across during the year. So, like, so based on your journey, uh what were some of the adversity that you went through? Because, like, again, like, you know, moving away from home yep. and the academic rigor, being able to play. So what was some of the adversity that you faced on or off the court just throughout uh, the process of you in your playing career? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first and foremost, the adjustment to the competition. You know, that's the biggest thing um, for guys that, you know, were, were stars at their high school. You know, now you're coming into a league of other stars. You know, and so adjusting to the competition, you know, what you have may have been able to get by with in high school may not necessarily work at the prep school level. Um, you're also away from family. You know, you're traveling. Um, the training level is a lot tougher. And so I wouldn't necessarily call that adversity, but, you know, you do go, you go, you do go through a drastic change. And, you know, you just got to kind of keep the end goal in mind and just kind of keep pushing through. Yeah, well, you know, of course, like being – in a competitive environment, um, definitely breeds in adversity. Because like you said, like, yeah, you know, you're going from one level to the ne next level. And yep. every time you're moving up and you've had to adjust. So, like, how have how did you handle, you know, going from Sandalwood right, <laughs> to right, right, right. prep school yeah. and then from prep school to a JUCO, which is a higher level. And, yep. of course, you know, you not being particularly ready not to right. say you weren't but in generally nobody's yep. really ready yeah even from high college to the nba you're not really you're ready not re yeah so yeah, psychologically yeah. where was your head at absolutely um you know I've, I've, I've always been a faith first person you know that's the most important thing in my life you know is uh to serve the lord and so i kept faith throughout the process when tough times would come and then secondly you know i i really value a high work ethic you know so i knew that you know, if I stay in the gym, you know, if I stay in the gym working on my game, working on my craft, you know, that I'm going to I'm going to push through my competition. You know, that was kind of always my mindset that, you know, nothing can outwork, you know, your faith and, you know, nothing can outdo your work ethic. And so I knew that as long as I keep faith in the process and continue staying in the gym, you know, I was able to conquer and fight through any adversity times that were going to come my way. Yeah. So like. When, we, when you talk about when we talk about prep school and it being very competitive uh, you know so we we use the term dog right. um, we call somebody a dog meaning that they're um, very competitive uh, so like can do you think a parent like how would a parent prepare their kid for that kind of environment enjoying the show well you can show your appreciation by sharing this episode with a friend you can also take a trip down memory lane by leaving a comment you can contact Darnell on Facebook or on Instagram and Twitter at Dugada Darnell. That's D-O-G-U-D-D-A underscore Darnell. Now back to our regularly scheduled program.
Well, to be honest, I know I, I personally, you know, and like I said, I may be wrong on this, and I, you know, but I personally believe, you know, you can't train your kid to be a dog. You know, I feel like it's within, and that's why there's not many of them. You know, and that's why they're such, they're so they're valued at a high level. You know, as I mean, I'm sure you know as a former coach and a current, you know, current trainer, some was around the game. You know, everybody loves a dog on their team. You know, college coaches love it, prep coaches love it, high school coaches love it. You know, and there's not many of them out there. You know, and so I don't believe you can necessarily train somebody to be a dog. I feel like you know, as people, you know, it's kind of just within you. Um, you know, but there's obviously things that you can you know do to make yourself you know set apart, which is like you know, having a good work ethic and things like that. But in terms of being a dog, you know, I really believe, like, I really feel like it's something that, you know, kids are really born with. Yeah, I would I would agree with you on that because, like, again, like, especially coaching kids, I think kids are just in their rawest form. And, you know, you, you I've had kids who are, yes, who are dogs. Just when I mean like a dog, I don't mean like a chihuahua. I mean, like a Rottweiler on its leash, lockjaw. You let it off its leash, and they're they're biting everything in sight. Damage, right? right, (laughs) Yeah, they're just biting everybody in sight. (laughs) So, so, but again, like you know, to to stir the pot and and get kids to be, it's psychological. And and I always I always believe like you know, coaching as most people say, coaching is is managing personalities. Yep. Um, but drawing out. Um, the best in people and the competitiveness. So, um, how would you draw out um, the dog? How do you like try to draw out the dog in your guys? Like, yes, you're in prep school, and those guys are already self motivated. Right. But I'm sure you know. You know, there's a human side to it where there's points where you got to draw out the dog in these guys. So, how do you help kind of cultivate that competitiveness in 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 your guys? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the biggest thing, like you said, is you know. The guys that are at the prep school level, and especially the guys that we try to recruit at Orangeville, you know, we're bringing them in because you know they have certain goals they want to reach, um, and so the best the best way to conquer individual goals is through team success. You know, a winning team, a winning program, you know, winning players is what who move forward, and that's what college coaches want. And so, you know, if we need somebody to bring the dog out of them because we need a stop on this play, you know, to win, let's see the hoop haul. You know, that should be enough motivation because team success will lead to individual success. You know, there's not many programs out there that, you know, value high individual stuff these days. You know, everybody wants winners on their roster. And, you know, sometimes you got to have make a player, you know, make winning plays. And, you know, if they got to reach down and dig deep somewhere where they don't usually function at, well, you know, that's what it's going to take. Yeah, you, you, you made a good point about winning. Um, and it benefiting everybody else, uh, and because like part of it is you know everybody, especially in the GTA now, has star in their eyes. And when I mean star in their eyes, I mean they're everybody's trying to get to the NBA. Since you know we saw Tyler do it, and um, Anthony Bennett, Tristan, um, Jamal Murray. So so everybody's ambitious, and I'm sure you notice it. Right. parents are ambitious yep. the kids are ambitious like every like the nba is a real thing now so you know athlete institute is is one of those means to get there um so part of that is helping kids to understand winning benefits everybody but yep. if i'm a parent and i'm coming to you and i'm saying okay look man i got i i'm trying to get my kid to the league and you have stars there 
and my kid might not play. Like how how do you how do you sell winning to that kid and to that parent and knowing that my kid might might be a third string point guard? Like okay, well, if my kid's gonna be a third string point guard because I know those other two guys are good. Why why go to Orangeville Prep? Why why focus on the winning? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and quite honestly, if, you know, if a parent had that type of approach, you know, athletes too isn't the place for them. You know, um, if you have a mindset that your goal is to get your child to the NBA and that's all that you want, you know, we can't really help with that. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot goes into quote unquote becoming an NBA player. You know, um, the bar, there's a lot of great players out there that are overseas. They're in the G League now. They never got a chance. And so some people call it luck. Some people call it destiny. Um, but things got to go your way. And sometimes those things are not in your control. And that's the biggest thing. And so if a child, as a parent, has a mindset they're stuck on just the NBA portion of it, well, then, you know, they that shows us that, you know, they have a lot of um, self-centered um, intentions. And at the culture we try to establish in Orangeville, which is a winning culture, you know, that doesn't fit what we do. Uh, and so we would, that would be a kid where we'd have to talk to them and sit them down that, you know, they may need to look elsewhere because if they want to develop, if they want to get coached hard, if they want to win, you know, this is a place for them. And if that leads them to the NBA, we're going to celebrate, you know, but cultivating our culture and making it, you know, based around, player a because he's trying to get to the nba is just not what we do because a lot of a kid achieving reaching their goals of being the nba um a lot of non-controllable factors come in the way of that so so you're saying that um winning well of course you guys are known for winning and that's why you guys are who you are as opposed to you know you guys were just a one-man team or or a big three um and so I guess the concern is for the kids who aren't stars, how do they get scholarships, right? You, and when I mean stars, like, because, you know, you, you have a, you go 10 deep. Let's say you go 10 deep. Uh, you know, th- the top three guys do all the scoring and then everybody, you know, does a little bit here and there. How do those guys who get four points and two assists get noticed if they're not dropping 20 and 10? You get what I'm saying? Yep, absolutely. And I think that goes back to the point of winning. You know, college coaches want winning. They want winning players in their program. And um, that's where being a part of a winning team helps, you know, and because they know that you've been around a winning team. You know, they also understand that, hey, if the guy in front of you um, committed to, you know, University of Georgia, well, he's he is an SEC player. And so if you're his backup, you know, you may be the fit for our level. You know, and so it all goes back to, you know, coaches love guys that are part of winning programs. And then we as a staff, you know, we try to build, build um, genuine relationships with guys, uh, with coaches at the college level, you know, where we, we we will share film with them. We share workouts with them. If we have to, we will take them and drive them to their campus for a workout and do whatever we can to help them out. Um, but it comes down to, you know, being a part of a winning, winning program. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, you know, I've learned from you that, um, you know, coaching is all about relationships, you know, and building those relationships and those relationships with with coaches. Because there's a point where, like you said, um, yeah, you guys are in contact with them and you know coaches. So what are, what are those 
well, you already talked about what those coaches are looking for. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that um, the relationships that you have with the coaches, there's a sense of like a coach is going to ask you, oh, how's Darnell? Right. You know, and because it's a relationship, you can't you can't BS. Absolutely. You know, although I'm your guy, you're like, well, you know, Darnell doesn't fill in the blank. Absolutely. So just talk about that honesty and maintain those relationships with coaches and with players. Because sometimes a player will be like, oh, well, you know, Manny knows Jay, Jay Williams, Jay Wright, whatever. And so I can, you know, he'll just, you know, tell him I'm good and then I'm good. Right. Yeah, yeah. no, it definitely doesn't work that way. You know, I think the biggest thing is, uh, like you said, it's honesty. You know, if, uh, if, play, if Coach A comes to me about player A, you know, I got to tell Coach A exactly what, how player A is and exactly what his situation is. Because if, I, if I'm if i untruthful, well, that coach is not going to come back to me again. You know, and like they say, it takes a lifetime to earn somebody's trust and a second to lose it. And so if I was to, you know, guide a coach in the wrong way and sell Darnell as, you know, a, a gym rat and somebody, you know, who loves to get scrappy and on the floor and a <laughs> high academic word. kid. And then you go into the college and have a 2.0 GPA. Well, the chance of that coach coming back to me and asking me for a recommendation is very, very low. Yeah. And then it ruins it, ruins the opportunity for other guys. Absolutely. Yep. Right. So, okay. So what kind of um, personality um, characteristics are suited for the D1 level and the type of people that coaches, top tier coaches are looking for? Uh, academics is a large part of it. You know, uh, coaches are evaluated on how their team does academically in college. And so, you know, all coaches want guys that they know are going to be good in the classroom. Uh, of course, in every sport, every level, work ethic is highly valued. You know, coaches want guys that are in the gym, um, that like being in the gym, that are hungry to take their game to the next level. Um, integrity, trust, you know, trust is huge. Um, especially in the era that we live in, you know, right now, where there's a lot of transfers, there's a lot of um, a lot of guys that are always looking to kind of, you know, take the back door out. And so, you know, with a combination of academics, um, you know, work ethic, integrity, and just being good people, you know, I think that's a large part of it, man, just being good people. And I think everybody wants, you know, people that are just have good intentions, have a good heart in their program, and those are all keys that are going to lead to winning. Okay, yeah, well, you know, it's weird because, and, and you, you hit a good point because sometimes people think because you um, are a top-tier player and because of, you know, the money that's on the table, coaches will look past somebody being a jerk um, and, you know, just ride with them because, you know, winning's important and the money that comes with winning is important so guys will look past the person's character but um you know and i know you know coaching kids and coaching young men you know not everybody is uh <laughs> not everybody is you know their personalities are good people and you know and i know it sounds bad but it's just the truth you know you you might have some bad apples on the team um because whatever is their home situation or whatever the case may be that you know trying to prepare trying to make those kids better people, trying to sell like your, your, your best player, trying to sell him on, Hey, you know what? Maybe you should be a little bit nicer. Right. You know, maybe, maybe you should, you know, be a little bit more kinder to your teammates and, and, and kinder to the staff. Yo, F that, you know what I mean? Like, you know, so, so, the, so that's a very big point And, and hopefully like, you know, for parents, they can kind of sell that 
to them. But as a coach, you have to cultivate that. So sure. what, what coaches were helpful in, in your development and you becoming, um, cause you ultimately got to the D one level, but you know, what coaches help mold you to, yes, be a good basketball player, but also be a good person. You don't have to see, you don't have to say my name. Oh man. Oh man. I've had, I've had some great coaches, man. And, um, you know, I think, um, yourself you know and, and coach leon archer who's also a big person that's been around for a while you know he really believed that i could i could take my game um to the rep level um and so you know he was he was huge you know uh sorry who was this coach leon archer where he where coached he, coach? he coached in bmba he also helps out okay. with car you know and um and so he was he was my second coach after you, and he's the one that said, "Like, hey man, you gotta try to, you try got gotta try to go play rep basketball, mm-hmm. you know." And so he believed in me, which led to me believing in myself, you know, mm-hmm. where I was able to make the Blue Devils at the time and kind of kickstart this thing. How old were you when you played Blue Devil? Uh, I was in the eighth grade. Uh, okay, that was my first year of rep, so I'm not sure how old you are. Who was, who was your coach? My coach at the time was Coach Anthony, and then from there it was Troy Baggett. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Troy was a young and upcoming guy at the time, you know, and so Coach Troy was, Coach Troy was huge for me back then, mm-hmm. um, and you know he's so whenever I get to be in touch with him now, you know it's always a joy just to catch up like I'm doing with yourself right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. Um, and then in high school Coach Scott Teske, you know he really believed in me. Um, mm-hmm. I believe when I was uh, incoming in grade nine, um, you know we had like around a hundred kids try out for the high school team. As usual. And it was it was absolutely insane. And, you yeah. know, but Coach Scott Teske, you know, really believed in me for all four years. Uh, he's a dear friend up to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he brought his team out to our uh, high school tournament that we hosted. So it's kind of amazing to see, like, how things come full circle mm-hmm. with your former coaches. Mm-hmm. Like, even me and you sitting down right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. you know, it's like mm-hmm. years later, things come full circle. Mm-hmm. You know, so guys that I used to coach, well, and the guys that used to coach me, you know, now I'm a coach myself. They're bringing their teams to our tournaments or hosting. Mm-hmm. And so it's just such a joy just to kind of see this whole thing yeah. unfold, man. It's, it's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely, um, you know, God working everything on his providence for everything to come full circle. Because, um, yeah, like I said, like, you know, yeah, you were a little kid, you know, when I when I first met you. And now you're a grown man and you're, and you're coaching and, and, you know, all these things get passed on. Because the things that I was teaching you, as a coach, I learned that from my coach, right. and he learned that from his coach. And yep. these little things um, keep passing on. And part of it is like we understand the importance of the encouragement we get from our coaches. Because like, yeah, like uh, you, you make a very good point, and I think I think you're a very good example of somebody who wasn't necessarily one of the best players in, Not in at all. the top tier players yep. in our area. Not at all. Right? Cause like you like so so who's in your class? And when I mean class for those who don't know classes, um is basically the people who, who are in his grade. Yeah. Yeah. Um and your yeah, at your level. Who yeah. were the, some of the people? Absolutely man, I was nowhere close to the best. I mean we had guys like Tyler Ennis, uh mm-hmm. Duane Notice, uh mm-hmm. Denzel Taylor, mm-hmm. um Xavier Rathan Mays, uh we had guys like Kaza Kane Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Troy, Troy, uh, Troy Knight. Um, it was, you know, it, it was a packed class to say the mm-hmm. least, you mm-hmm. know, um, and, uh, I was nowhere close to the best, but you know, what kind of just got me through and, you know, able to get to the college level, which just, you know, goes back to my two things of faith and just hard work, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, yeah, very but you, talented but you got guys. far. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like, but you got to D one level and, and there were coaches 
who saw something in you um, that encouraged you um, to get there. Because again, like I, I'm, I'm excited for you and what you've done because you know my goal was to play Division One, um, and that never happened. And you know, as a kid, you know, you're watching, you know, uh, you know, you watch a college basketball Saturday afternoons, and you know, you always dream of like, okay, yo, I want to wear that red and white or that blue and mm-hmm. white or whatever the color scheme is. You're like, yeah, man, I want to, I want to play there. Right. You know, I want to play at, in March. Yep. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, I want to be breaking down the ball and Absolutely. running the offense and have a coach yell at me. <laughs> you know, so so right. so that that's the big dream, and you got to do that. Um, and you do that, and you were at where again? Oh, Roberts University. Oh, Roberts, right? So that that that's awesome. So now that you're coaching now, and I know you've been trying to. How far do you want to take this? Um, well, my my dream. Well, actually, my dream was. I'm actually living my dream. My dream was to coach. Um. But, you know, my, my goal is definitely to become an assistant coach at the Division One level. Um, you know, I believe it's my, it's, my, it's my purpose on this earth. You know, I feel like um, my God-given gifts, um, you know, lay in that role. And um, that's my end goal is to be a Division One assistant. Uh, but why not um, the head coach? You know, I, 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 I love that. I love that aspect, and I love that possibility of God. That's what God has plans for me. But... You know, what excites me is finding that student athlete, you know, who hasn't been recruited, um, is not being looked at by nobody, um, really needs a sport of basketball and turns into an all-league kid. You know, that kind of stuff is what excites me. Or, you know, finding the student athlete who's not a believer of God, and I'm able to have a relationship with him that over four years he becomes a believer and accepts God in his life and tries to fulfill his purpose. You know, that's the kind of stuff that really drives me. You know, that stuff really excites me. Um, you know, the money, the fame, the media, uh, recognition, you know, that's not why I'm in this thing. Um, you know, I just want to have an impact on the young men's lives. And, um, you know, I believe an assistant coaching role really allows you to have a deep relationship with all, all your players that, you know, allows you to have a really impacting and influence on them. Well, you know, Ed, you, there's the, the assistant coach has a different relationship with the players than the head coach does. Absolutely. And you have to. It's Absolutely. T- <laughs> yep. Right? But as soon as you move into the head coach role, yep. um, there's a separation that has to happen between the kids. Um, yeah, because even when I was coaching, you know, even if I, when I had assistants, I always made sure that the distinction was there. So as a head coach, I got to be a little bit harder. Yep. Uh, kind of like a good cop, bad cop. Right, right, right. So usually yep. the, the head coach, you got to be a bad cop. You know, yep. you got to let guys know, like, look, man, you, know, you need to go sit down. Yeah. Um, and let my assistant explain to you why. Yep. The assistant comes, he puts his arm around you, and he's like, hey, yo, man. He didn't coach me what he said. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right? So it's, it's, it's true. It's a different thing. And that shows a lot about you and your intentions and your, and your character that, um, that you're not, you know, um, clout chasing and trying to be. The man per se, um, but I'm sure you know if the opportunity does come and someone says, you know what, Manny, yo, like we want you to be the head coach, would you take it? Uh, that's what's in God's plans, you know. Most definitely, you know, my on on a daily basis, you know, what I just try to do is fulfill my purpose that God has set for me. You know, that's my biggest thing, and you know, if I feel like down the low down the road, you know, that's what God has planned for me that He wants to take over a program and be the man in charge. You know, I would wholeheartedly be two feet in. You know, and I believe like you always have to be open to you know what God, how God wants to use you, 
and you know you gotta just be ready to you know take on whatever God brings in front of you. Yeah. So then, okay. So you you went to um, some coaching conferences out because I follow you on Twitter, and so you went to a couple coaching conferences um, this summer. Um, explain why you went to those and what you learned. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this summer I went to the Rising Coaches Conference. Um, it was held in North Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Coach Adam Gordon uh, and Coach Andy Farrell have done an unbelievable job, um, you know, providing a platform for young coaches and coaches all over the country to learn, come together, grow. Um, you know, there's there's some fantastic people. Um, but for me, you know, the off season, just like I was used to be a player, you know, it's to get better. And you know, and that's my that was my biggest thing for you know making that trip to Charlotte was just to grow and get better. Um, and because, you know, I want to be a better coach for my guys at Orangeville than I was a year ago. You know, I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to learn. And, you know, attending a conference like Rising Coaches, you know, really allows me to do that because, you know, you have guys from every level, you know, that are coming in. They're willing to share their knowledge, you know, pour into you and help you become better. Right. So that, yeah, well, that definitely shows your dedication to your craft to um, make it improve. So so what what did you learn at these conferences? Uh, I think the biggest thing I took away from this year's Rising Coaches Conference is the fact that, you know, we're not in a basketball business. We're in a relationship business. Um, our relationship is what's going to get you your first job. Um, our relationship is going to help you keep your job. Um, if you're an assistant coach, relationships is, a, is what's going to help you bring in recruits. Our relationship is going to keep parents happy. Um, and so just and it goes beyond your players. Um, of course, that relationship is key because, you know, players don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you care. And, you know, players will run through a wall for you only when you develop a relationship with them. Um, and then it goes back to, you know, the university administration, having a good relationship with them, you know, being a community guy, having a strong relationships in the community. And so, you know, we oftentimes think that's all about basketball. Um, what I learned at Rising Coaches is that it's mainly about relationships and you want to make sure, you know, you have strong, genuine relationships and, you know, you're treating people the right way. So, man, that's, it's funny because I never thought, I don't know, sometimes I guess people, well, I do know, but I'm sure a lot of people don't understand that, yeah, coaches have to improve as well, right? So what do you think um, are your strengths as a coach? Uh, my strengths, I believe my biggest strength is a, is able to make relationships. Um, you know, I, I believe it's one of a, my God-given gifts, which is why I wanted to get into this profession. Um, relationship with my current players, uh, relationship with college coaches, uh, relationship with people in the community. Um, and also, you know, communication is a big thing, you know, that I really value. You know, I think it's important to have very clear um you know, thorough communication at all levels, whoever you're communicating with, because, you know, it allows things to run much smoother, you know, and ultimately helps everybody, you know, that's in the student athletes lives. Mm -hmm. Are you a yeller? No, I'm not a yeller. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a yeller, you know, um, but, you know, the way I like to think is, you know, uh, off the court, you know, I'm I'm kind of a player's coach as in, you know, I'll, I'll laugh with you, I'll joke with them, but, you know, when we're in between those lines for 90 minutes of practice, you know, we're we're here to get better and, you know, we're, we have a goal, which is to ultimately win. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I make it clear that, you know, when it's time to practice, how to work out in the way of individual or team, you know, we're here for a, one purpose and that's to get better. Mm -hmm. Okay, so lastly, 
the question I always ask um, all the coaches that I, I've interviewed is, you know, I'm one of your players and I'm, you know, I'm dogging it, man. I'm, I'm just not all there. I'm just dogging it, <laughs> you know, right. um, or I'm just not all there or whether I look nervous before a game or just I'm just not performing. Um, how 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 do you motivate me? How would you motivate me to, you know, get up and, you know, get back to work? Well, I think it goes back to, you know, what's your goal? And, you know, that's the first question I would ask you. And what I mean by that is, you know, your effort and your work ethic has to match your goals and dreams. Um, if you t- if, a pl- if my player tells me his goal is to play Division One, well, then I'm going to hold them to a D1 standard. Um, if they're happy with where they are, well, cool. You know, let's just keep moving because I, I guess you've already made it. You know, this was your goal. You want to play prep. You know, I don't got to waste my energy on you. You know, let me try to focus on the kid that wants to take it up a notch. And so it all comes back to, you know, what are your goals and dreams? You know, because, you know, your work ethic, your attention to detail, um, and you showing up every day, you know, needs to match what you're trying to ultimately achieve. Okay, so for those who want to get in touch with you uh, or your social media plugs, uh, where are they? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Coach Manny D on Twitter and Instagram, uh, you know, and then also uh, feel free to email me, uh, Manny, M-A-N-N-Y, D-O-S-A-N-J-H at athleteinstitute.ca. You know, like I had mentioned earlier, you know, I'm very big on, you know, reaching back to everybody. You know, I really believe in that. I value that. And so, you know, any questions, concerns, you know, just want to, you know, just kind of connect, you know, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all game for it. And, you know, those are, that's where you can find me. All right, cool, man. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you, coach. It's, uh, man, it's been a blessing meeting up and, and seeing you and your growth. And it's been an encouragement to me, man. No, I appreciate you, Darnell. Like I said, man, you've had an influence on my life. And I'm, I'm glad we got to sit down and, you know, do this podcast. And I appreciate you having me on. On the next episode of Thanks, Coach. Waking. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so what? What things? What skills do you do you notice from a player? Like when you just see him, what is just one of the things that are just that you see that a person is going to be playing at the next level? Body language. What do you mean by that? Can he hold himself upright? Or is, he, is he lazy? You walk in the gym, you see his shoulders shrunk, uh-huh. like this. Uh-huh. Uh I don't know. I'm not too sure. Uh-huh. Most hoopers who are doing something mm-hmm. are straight back. Shoulders mm-hmm. looking all over yeah. the place. You know the look. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? Work, right? Work, so, yo, that's real rap. If, if, you know, the first thing I'm going to do as a coach now that everybody used to do to me is grab your shoulder and yeah. feel you up yeah. to see what yeah. your muscles yeah. are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel two cuts. I'm yeah. like, all right, this guy working okay. with something. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't feel that, then I know you're playing Fortnite eating yeah. cheesies. So, hell, <laughs> yeah, bro. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to say thanks, coach.